This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast. I hope everyone enjoyed their Thanksgiving like I did. Hammy, were you able to enjoy your Thanksgiving? Uh, Yeah, I couldn't complain. Pretty good meal, uh, family and stuff. So yeah, it was pretty good. Well, that's good. Uh, Viggs is putting his little baby to sleep. He will be joining us momentarily here. Um, I had a great Thanksgiving. Stuffed my face. It was awesome. Can't go wrong with that. But, of course, after Thanksgiving, what happened? The old Huskies came to town. And, Hammy, it was ugly. Yeah, I mean, you know, I had last week I think I had mentioned that I thought that if you know they were going to be winning any of those games, that it's going to have to be that they're going to have more of a defensive focus and <laughs> play smart and whatever. And, that, you know, they didn't – and Friday, I mean, I thought they executed – relatively well kind of what i was talking about but obviously they flubbed it up in the third period um but obviously saturday or sunday i should say was pretty much a debacle i mean it's you can't give up what was it six power play goals on a weekend and expect to win games you know and especially letting the other team go four for seven i mean you can't take penalties against i mean st cloud's got a very veteran team up especially up front and they have a lot of guys that can put the puck in the net because of that and uh you can't be giving them those kinds of opportunities and expecting that you're going to come out with a lot of success. And they paid the price this last weekend. Boy, did they. Viggs, are you there? I am here. My uh, three-year-old is very excited for Christmas. <laughs> what three-year-old isn't? <laughs> Christmas trees and other stuff happening. So yeah, but yeah, but did your three-year-old like Thanksgiving? Uh, you know he does. He he likes seeing all. Not the a big eater yet. I guess it is It is more of an adult thing with the few food. So. Yeah. Well, Viggs, what's your thoughts on the weekend? Was it quite the debacle that uh, Hammy says it was? Because I think it was. Well, I think it's just a sign that this team has a lot of inexperience to it. Um, having a lead in the, in the first game of the series and then not being able to capitalize on the third period by, by getting an extra goal and then you know keeping St. Cloud off the score sheet and uh, uh, just maintaining their responsibility. You know, it's it's something this team's going to have to learn how to take care of if they're going to have any success in the Big Ten. And then the second game, uh, just way too undisciplined, and they didn't learn anything from their penalty kill mistakes from the first game. You know, St. Cloud has a great power play. They move it really crisply, but um, they just open up these great big seams in the middle of the ice, and you know, your goaltender doesn't have a chance when a power play can move it th- that quickly, laterally, that cleanly. Well, you know, speaking of Friday night, um, you know, Luce has been saying it for years. Get the darn third goal and you'll be in pretty good shape. And they just couldn't do it. And they paid for it. Yeah, this team, that you know, those third periods, they've had a couple with oh. that one, uh, the Mankato yep. series. You know, this team just doesn't have the confidence, except for the Bristet-Fashing-Novak um, line. 
none of the other lines have the composure to get low in their defensive zone, break out, gain each blue line, and then spend any time in the offensive zone. It seems like every other line that, that gets thrown out there struggles with that. And it makes the D look bad. Well, the D is doing pretty good making themselves look bad right now. Because well, they don't look bad when they're out there with Burstad, Novak, Yeah, but... Oh. A little bit of combination. You know, there's a couple times where I, where I saw... You know, guys like Johnson and, and Glover and, and Collins looking for an outlet, and there was just no forwards working to either get behind the puck or come back to the puck or, or you know, slash to the wall. It's just not there yet. Why not? Well, I just Gensel's supposed to be the magician. Why, is Gensel not doing his job here? Well, I think one of the things is we don't have very many defensemen who can skate the puck. And that's something that they've been able to rely on in the past with Brady Shea and Mike Riley. You know, those guys, when they're not getting help from their forwards, can make something happen on their own to get them in transition. And I just don't think they have enough of those guys this year. But, Hammy, we do have one that's been riding the bench who could probably move the puck. You're talking about Sadek or who you're talking about? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, I mean, he is that kind of a player, but he's also being, you know, he's pretty young and, and green in that sense. And What do um, they got to lose right now? Because they stink back there. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that they shouldn't put him out there and give him, a, you know, his shot. But I'm just saying, is he going to be a savior? I don't want to put that on a no. kid that age. You know what I mean? I, I don't think that's particularly fair, especially coming right out of high school hockey. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think Vig's kind of touched on it for me. It's just that... You know, I, I feel what when this team is up, this program has had strong teams. They've always had defensemen that are you know essentially leading the charge on both ends of the rink. You know, where you have a guy that's playing, you know, can gather the puck up in the defensive zone and they can lead the rush, or or they can you know skate it into the other end, you know, to the to other team's zone and kind of create things. And uh, we just don't really have that type of a guy. I think this year. I mean, we have some guys that have certain skill sets that you know, are fine, but they're just not going to be the, the kind of quarterback that's going to be leading things um, from the back end. And, um, you know, they have some really good players in the recruiting pipeline that can be that type of guy, but that's not going to help us this year. So it, it, it's probably going to be a struggle, you know, for, in that sense. Well, we mentioned Jack Sadek there, and it, I'm guessing he will be in the lineup Friday night because uh, Mr. Nick Sealer will not be in the lineup, nor should he be in the lineup after uh, his complete cheap shot. In that Sunday game, I'm sorry, but uh, that was his uh, arm to the guy's head was uh, pretty bush league, if you ask me. Well, I think there's two kinds of cheap shots. I think there's one where a guy runs somebody from across the rink. I think this is more of a a poor decision on his part. Ugh. I don't think there was intent to go after him. It's not like he was going after, you know. Um, Benick or Morley or Jimmy Murray. You know, he wasn't going after one of their star star players it was a guy who likes to make contact who realized he was a little opposition and he made a mental mistake if this is something where we see him do this week in week out you know i'll change my tune but i i think it's a one-off incident of a really poor decision made by sealer well i i, I mean i don't i don't know his intent exactly I, I do think that he has a little bit of a history of not making the best decisions going back to uno and so i i do think that he's a little bit of a you know, sometimes lacks discipline in that sense. And, um, it, it's, I, I mean, I, it's hard for me to excuse it when it looks like a wrestling move out on the ice. You know, <laughs> I mean, I said that online, I was like, you know, it's, it's like somebody got thrown off the, the ropes and then he, 
came back with the elbow to the head. I mean, <laughs> it's hard for me to feel like, uh, you know, I mean, it, it kind of looked like he was going to set him up for a hip check of sorts. And then suddenly, all of a sudden, you see the clothesline come up with the elbow. <laughs> and it's, and it's it, like, it did kind of look like a clothesline. You know, and so it's like I I don't know. I mean, I'm not I can't read his mind, but it definitely it was a pretty dumb decision. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Wrestling, yeehaw! That's right. So complete debacle on the weekend was obviously. I mean, I I think I even heard that this is the first time that uh, St. Cloud has ever swept at Mariucci, which is uh, definitely not a good thing. Um, we've got some questions already. Uh, if you are listening live and you want to. Tweet us your questions. Just use the hashtag GPL Podcast. We'll try to get to them. Um, let's go with Tim Hapke. He's always sent us questions back in the past. He's like, is it time to move Cammy back up to the top line and move Riley down? Hammy, Riley has not been doing so well. But <laughs> obviously not, neither is Cammy, But Yeah, he didn't play. He made some, you know, he's made a couple big mistakes this year, especially defensive coverage. Um, And I don't know if he's just, you know, if the knee surgeries have caught up to him. I don't don't have any idea because I expected a hell of a lot more from him this year. And um, he's definitely has not brought the kind of play that I think a lot of us were hoping for. Um, You know, I mean, we saw him kind of coming on last year and um, certainly – you know, had played pretty well and, and scoring some goals, and that just hasn't been replicated this year. And um, it, it's been kind of frustrating, and, and I don't blame him for thinking that way. I mean, I, <laughs> I, you know, sometimes you kind of say, what do you have to do to kind of get some changes? And as far as Cammy goes, it's like, well, it's not like he's exactly been kicking some booty back there with uh, Vinny and the boys, you know, <laughs> on that line. So, I, you know, if I guess you have to kind of start experimenting, though, because if things aren't working, and you know, you kind of have to do some of that, and maybe that's an answer. I guess it doesn't hurt to try. Viggs, what I've really noticed with a lot of these forwards is that a lot of them are trying to do it themselves. You know, a lot of times, you, I mean, how many times have we seen Cammy lose the puck at the blue line or Cluse? Um, it seems like these guys try to come into the zone and they forget about their teammates. Uh, that's not helping things out at all. No, it's definitely not. There's a lot of guys trying to do it on their own, and there's a lot of guys who aren't getting supported. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of times where you look at a guy like Kloos or Cami coming up at the ice, and you know they don't have a lot of options because they're not coming up as a unit of five. Uh, whether it's the wings not not coming to the middle or, or slashing open, you know they just don't have a lot of continuity. I know Don Lucia said today that he's been mixing up the lines every day in practice, and I. I think he's still trying to find the magic formula for this team, and, and the only group that I think will stick together is Bristet Novak Fashing. Well, those guys should stick together because uh, they have been. Well, I should say Bristet has actually been pretty much the bright spot of the year so far. Uh, Fashing, I would like him to pick up his game a little more, but uh, is, but I, is there anything else that's shining out in front of us right now besides Bristet? I think the the key is that those guys support each other. I yeah, think you saw yeah. the, the Bristol goal on um, the first game. You know, he took advantage of a smart play by Novak to put the puck behind the net when um, Lindgren was out of position and create a scoring opportunity for Bristol. You don't see those guys making bad turnovers. Um, I'm going to point out Cammy's turnover where he went one on five Ugh. and turned the puck over at center ice and, and sent St. Cloud in for about a two and a half minute stretch. <laughs> you know, those are the plays you don't see the Novak percent fashion line make. 
you know, they, they, they make smart plays with the puck and they support each other. And that's something where Gensel goes crazy when he sees that happening. Obviously, he concentrates on the defense, but when he sees a forward try to bring it up themselves and lose it at their you know, red line or the blue line, boy, he just yells out, God damn it, he just gets ticked off, as he should, because it's just not the smart play. Well, it's hard. You put your your teammates in a in mm-hmm. a poor position if if the defensemen are trying to get in transition with the forwards and they they turn over a puck with a careless decision like that. It puts everybody in a bad spot. Or if they're going off for a change, because a lot of times the D forwards or the D are going off different times than the forwards, and just too many uh, turnovers at the blue line is just killing us. Uh, Josh Wendell wants to know when is the pain going to end, Hammy. <laughs> I don't think the pain's going to end this year. Just grab yourself a bottle, man. You'll numb yourself. It'll be fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. You numb yourself up, Josh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you know, I think it's just going to be one of those years. I mean, we kind of knew that. I mean, let's be honest. We lost some guys, and you know, we have guys playing new roles. We're having guys that are kind of being put in positions where you know they're having to play some of the key minutes that maybe they had somebody else playing last year. Um, you know, I'm not trying to make a bunch of excuses, but these are some of the realities that this team is facing. And, and like I said earlier, I think that from a defensive standpoint, we don't really have that real one dynamic guy that, you know, you can spend playing a lot of the, you know, a, a decent portion of the game with creating offense, you know, by leading a rush up the ice. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that some of these guys are bad, but I just don't think that they necessarily have some of the dynamic skills that are going to kind of be that kind of player. And, and that's not just going to magically appear in practice. So it, it's going to be, you know, a tough go of it. I, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Big Ten play because, let's be honest, I mean, we know the Big Ten's not strong. So even if they start playing well, people are still going to have a lot of doubts about, you know, is this just the quality of the competition or is this actually improved play or what is it? And uh, so I, the reality is is that I, I don't know what answers we're going to get. I mean, if we make – if we happen to make the NCAAs and make a run, I guess people will be surprised. But um, right now, I just think people see what they see and don't have a lot of optimism for the rest of the year. Viggs, when is the pain going to end? Well, temporarily, it could be this weekend. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're playing an Ohio State team that doesn't exactly have a lot of firepower. You know, They're a good skating team, but if they're a team that struggles to score goals and hasn't exactly had a successful start this season. So... Uh, they have a great chance, and, and then they'll get a good test against Michigan before they go into their winter break. Another question from Tim Hapke. He wants to make sure you know he's not calling for Lucia's head here, but does the longer Lucia stay hurt Gensel's chance to take over the program? What do you think, Hammy? Well, I mean... Is it hurting Gensel's, uh, the heir apparent by him uh, staying and you know, maybe having bad blood with these players, and uh, who well, knows I don't think else? I don't think that you know any of the players really have anything negative about Gensel's always been typically, even though he's kind of a you know he's kind of a tough coach. Yeah, he's not the kind of guy that you know the players tend to bitch about. He's pretty straight shooter, and I think that generally the players like him. I don't know. I mean, is it going to be a question of if things don't work out well? Um, is it going to be sort of like guilt by association and they're going to think mm-hmm. like, well, you know, is he part of the problem too? You know, is it not just the head coach? Is it like just we need to have a complete fresh start? So, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I've always been a big Gensel fan. I've never made a, a secret of that. But even I realize that 
um, you know, with the way things, you know, if things are struggling, I mean, you kind of are a part of the equation, you know, whether you're the leader or not. And, um, that might mean that they're going to try to start entirely fresh. I don't know. It's hard for me to say, but I, I like them a lot, but I, I can't say I would blame them if they kind of opened up their, their search and kind of looked all around if, if they came down to trying to find a new coach. Viggs, I saw the stat where Minnesota is something like one fourteen and one against uh, other Minnesota teams the last few years. Something close to that. I think it was like one ten and one. one oh, something like it, it was something really ugly though. Yeah, it wasn't. It's was something like that. Yeah, it's been a tough two year stretch playing <laughs> against the other teams in in the state, and part of that's that Duluth and St. Cloud have been very good the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, they've had some, some fortunate teams where they've had a lot of guys stick around for their senior years who, who sometimes don't, and Minnesota's underperformed. Um, I, I do think that Minnesota has some good recruiting classes coming in the next couple of years, according to the verbals I see on the Heisenberg site. Um, so maybe this is just a temporary blip. I'm not a big fan of just cleaning house if you don't have a good option, and these coaches do have good talent coming in. Um, they've they've sent some guys to the NHL, and they have more talent coming in the coming years. So I don't know if changing the leadership um, is the best move. You know, the only thing that I can point to is, and I've said this elsewhere, but it's just a matter of do the messages hit home like they did, you know, 10, 15 years ago or whatever, when you're kind of still fresh behind the bench. And, you know, players, I think – naturally when you're something new and they're maybe a little bit more on edge and um you know you've obviously we had the the back-to-back championship years and you earn a lot of credibility with players in that sense but you know it's been a while since then and obviously we had that slump for you know a good three years or so you know several years ago and granted we had some success you know the last four years but um you know you start to say is it just a matter of shelf life for a coach and is that something that needs to be looked at. I mean, I, I don't know, I, but I just think that uh, it'll be interesting to see in this off season. Cause you know, like he's Lucia has one year left on his deal and you know, with the whole interim AD thing and you know, what's going to happen with that. And if whoever comes in to be that full-time athletic director, are they going to look at things and have a different perspective and want to start something new or, you know, I, it'll be interesting because I, I don't know that they're just going to automatically give them some more years and more dollars if things aren't looking particularly great. So I guess, you know, I do go ahead. I do wonder if in 2014, when uh, that game against union, if the puck doesn't stick on Ben Marshall at his own blue line, if we're having a different conversation, you know, (laughs) they, they don't have that mistake and they win that national title. I think all this goes away. Well, I totally agree. I said that. I think I was about to say that uh, to somebody on GPL today. I didn't post it, but, uh, you know, I don't think that we had that one thread on GPL where I don't know the long whatever road down whatever the hell the title. Yeah, of that. I know what you mean. Yeah, but the um, long change that everybody thought was talking about the St. Cloud game. Yeah, well, whatever. But in any case, you know, I was going to say in that that you know we probably wouldn't even be having this discussion right now if the result of one game, that Union game, if that was different, we wouldn't even be having the discussion about you know changing coaches and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, the, sometimes the fan demands, you know, they just rise to that level and, and some fans don't really see it with that kind of perspective. And I, I mean, I don't blame it cause we all have high expectations for the program. And certainly when we see a year like this, where it's 
not looking like they'll be, uh, you know, much of a contender, you're not happy with it. But um, um, I, I don't blame fans for being frustrated, but sometimes you have to look at just not just the negatives, but the overall picture before you kind of jump to any conclusions. Oh, somebody listening live on Mixler thinks it's time to dump Don. Well, well I mean, I mean, know, I, mean it, I mean, if they can get an AD, you know, within the next six months or so, and with Don's last year coming up, I'm guessing it's this off season is, is, is you know whether if they have an AD or not is going to be the telltale sign. We're going to know. Well, and you know, I, I don't know his intentions either. I mean, but maybe with Mario finishing college mm-hmm. and you know starting with his pro career, I mean, maybe that's a move that he wouldn't feel too bad about stepping down at that time. But you know, I can't say that for sure. It's not like I've ever had a conversation with him about it. But I mean, it's something to think about, and you know, coaches always dread kind of coming back to coach in a final year of a contract where you're kind of a lame duck coach. And, um, and usually that's something you try to avoid in, in college sports because you got to think about recruiting and you don't want to have any question marks when you're going into a recruit's house to sell them on coming to your program. And um, so it, I just think it will be interesting to see how it's handled this off season and whether or not that uh, they'll make any changes or any kind of additions to his contract or what they'll do. It's just a big wait and see, folks. Uh, big wait and see. Well, and I don't think anybody's going to be, you know, even if they do well in the Big Ten. I mean, we all know that everybody's kind of. They we all know that the Big Ten's not strong this year. So even if they start winning games, like I said earlier, there's still going to be question marks about where do you really rank within the, you know, the the national landscape. Even if you're doing really well in the Big Ten this year, you still have some of those question marks and. Um, you know, it's great to win games. Believe me, I still want them to win all the games that they can, whether it's Big Ten or not. But uh, I don't blame fans for, you know, kind of wondering, you know, is this really just a quality of competition thing or is this actually the team getting better? So we'll just have to wait and see. Well, before we move on to this week's opponent, Ohio State, let's uh, hear from our sponsor. Vintage Minnesota Hockey wants you to take a step back in time and keep the memories of Minnesota Hockey heritage alive forever. VintageMNHockey.com features history from around the entire state of Minnesota. One feature that I enjoy on a daily basis is the This Day in Minnesota Hockey History that is on their website. They have tons of info on what's happening on any particular day in Minnesota Hockey history. One thing as a listener that you may be interested in is the store at Vintage Minnesota Hockey. They offer all kinds of custom throwbacks from Minnesota hockey and local college teams. And as a GPL podcast listener, you just need to enter the promo code GPL podcast, one word, all over case to get a 10% discount on any order. So visit Vintage Minnesota Hockey at VintageMNHockey.com. All right, boys. Ohio State, all-time Minnesota is 19-3-1 against the Buckeyes and uh, 11-1 at home. Uh, Ohio State's never been a good team. Well, they've had a few good teams, but uh, every time Minnesota plays them, they seem to kick their butts except for here and there. But uh, this season is not looking good so far for Ohio State, Viggs. No, they've got a lot of new players coming in their defense, and they've never been a high-scoring team. They've got uh, Greco um, and Gus who have performed for them offensively, um, but besides that, they don't have much punch. So this is a good opportunity, I think, for Minnesota to, to maybe match lines with, with those two 
and um, maybe try to fit some good scoring opportunities in for the Bristet line against um, Ohio State's weaker lines. Um, but you know, this is a this is a weekend to get healthy for Minnesota and and play a consistent game and stay out of the box. Hammy, what are your thoughts? Ohio well, State, man. <laughs> We're <laughs> sorry, but I'm a little concerned because the team hasn't been playing well. Yeah, I mean, I I agree that it's kind of hard to feel overly confident when you. I mean, granted, Ohio State's nowhere near the level of you know like a St. Cloud, or, you know, some of the teams that we have played already. So, in that sense, I mean, I feel that we're you know very battle tested and. Um, and we should, I mean, to me, there's no reason why we shouldn't sweep this series at home. But then again, you know, we haven't exactly seen a, an abundance of consistent great play. Um, and, and we definitely know we have guys that have to step up. And, you know, maybe this will be, you know, a way for some of these guys to kind of get healthy and, and get gain a little confidence. You know, especially some of the guys that we talked about earlier that maybe haven't been on the score sheet as much as we expected this year so we'll see i mean i I, i'm pretty optimistic about this weekend but um you have to consider the competition and um we still have a long ways to go if we're going to be anywhere you know when it comes to march so well i think the biggest thing this weekend is seeing if letary camarada riley clouse can get anything going because this is definitely a matchup where they're going to be having the advantage shift in shift out well, I think with clues, you know, especially that, I, I think that other teams know that, you know, you really have to clamp down on him, and that essentially shuts down that that first line because they're not getting anything from Riley. And uh, I, I just don't think that there's a lot of support there. And, and that's why, I, I mean, I'm willing to experiment, you know, when somebody mentioned that by question earlier, to try some different things. And to me, it doesn't hurt to try something different. And obviously, Cami and Clues have you know, had success in, in the past. And I, I can't say that I feel a hundred percent confident that that's going to happen moving forward, but you know, it doesn't hurt to try some of those kind of combinations. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of a true top six this weekend. I know Lucia has been trying to integrate the freshmen throughout the lineup, but it just feels like that hasn't been clicking and the guys aren't supporting each other. So I think we might see more of a true top six where they get more ice time than the bottom six. Well, it's gotten to the point for me that I become pretty apathetic about the team. I'm sitting there Sunday. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm sitting there Sunday night, and St. Cloud's putting up all these goals, and you know what? It didn't bother me at all. I, I mean, that, that's kind of concerning. If you know, if St. Cloud is kicking our ass, and I don't care, it's not good. Well, I mean, I think part of that, I mean, I can't obviously speak for you, but I think from a fan standpoint, I think a lot of it's just, you know, we haven't seen a lot of that consistent play throughout the year. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's hard to, when you start seeing another team get a lead on you, um, you know, you're not playing particularly well on the, the penalty kill and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I, I don't know that it's necessarily apathetic as as much as it's just like you're kind of being realistic about what you're likely to see. You know, I think when you have a good team out there and they get behind, you're kind of like, okay, we could rally. But when we're having a team that hasn't really shown a lot of that ability this year, and in fact, if anything, has blown some leads in the third period, I think fans tend to get a little bit more like Scooby and get a little more pessimistic, right? You know, so... <laughs> So I think that's kind of what you see, I think, a little bit more. I think fans still care. It's just that they're more maybe realistic this year about what might be happening. Well, I don't know, boys. I don't know what else to say about it. 
it's just a down year, and that's just the way it's going to be, you know? Well, the one one thing about this team is Shearhorn's been phenomenal for them in that. Yeah, yeah, so he it, has it, been, but they leaving they're hanging him out to dry a lot. Well, you know, this is a team that if they get good goaltending in the Big Ten, they should be in every game. So, you know, it's still going to be fun to see Minnesota if they can beat Wisconsin and Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and just you know run the table. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. I guess I know it's, it's frustrating. And, and I, I see, all, you know, these people, you know, obviously, a lot of this is compounded. You're getting your butt kicked from former rivals. Um, people are still pissed about the Big Ten. Uh, so, I mean, it's just kind of a lot of things happening at once. You know, you've got that uh, controversial rule that Lucia and the Big Ten came up with last week that pissed everybody off. I mean, it's kind of just kind of all at once. It's just It's just kind of a downtime right now. Well, I mean, I and it think sounds it, like. Go ahead. It sounds like the rule should pass in January, based <laughs> on what I can read into how the voting works. Yep. Where the Big Ten schools get four times as many votes as as the other schools, and they get ASU on board, and they get Notre Dame on board. It Basically, like it's getting the Division One teams on. on. Yep, all the big schools are on board with this. And the big you know? leagues, basically, you know, your Pac-10, your traditional leagues, not. <laughs> NCHC, sorry, they really have no say in it. Yeah, but a lot of those teams are represented. Well, and, you know, those big conferences, they're just going to, you know, if the Big Ten wants something Mm -hmm. and they're really the only, you know, major representative at the table, it's like, why should they argue? They don't care. You know, what is an SEC, you know, what do they care? For them, it's like, hey, if that's what you guys think is best, sure, why not? I mean, they're not going to argue that fact. And, um, you know, I... I think going back to the team, I just feel like this year, you know, Shearhorn, I think that is something to be very positive about because given that he's a freshman and he has faced adversity and he keeps playing hard. And um, to me, you kind of have to, you know, moving forward, you have to build from the goalie on out. And certainly that's something to be positive about. And they're going to have to reset their goals now. I mean, I I mean, we're not going to, I mean, I don't know. I'm not paying attention to pairwise, obviously, but obviously we're pretty unlikely to make an at-large bid. So you're kind of going to have to focus on the Big Ten season and really make an emphasis out of, out of doing well in that and positioning yourself for the playoffs. And, um, you know, we know that there's, you only have to win a few games to get into the NCAAs if you, you know, you win the conference tournament. So that's going to have to be their, you know, I think a shift in their goal, and hopefully they'll be able to get, achieve that. Not going to happen. Well, you never I, know when it well, gets to that sure point. Sure, you never know, you know, but you know what? It, 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 with this team, they're not going to go very far in the NCAA's, even if they do squeak in. So, well, I'm not saying that. Yeah. But I'm just saying people want to make the NCAA's, and if and so obviously you have to do that first yep. before you try to get anywhere. And so that's really going to be have to be their, I think, renewed focus now is just let's do really well in the Big Ten, position ourselves for the playoffs, and. And then, uh, you know, hopefully win a couple games at Excel and get to the NCAAs and, hey, let's take our shot. But, I mean, I, obviously nobody really foresees anything of, like, them getting to the Frozen Four at this point. So, obviously, you have to be realistic. Which is a shame because sent them to Tampa again, which is a fine place to see a Frozen Four, trust me. I believe you. It was very nice a few years ago. Very nice. Too bad my team's not going to make it this year. At least not the way they're going now. Hello, boys. You guys got anything else for this week? Because I certainly do not. 
Nope. Uh, you know, it's kind of a bummer after a crappy weekend. Yeah, it is. We're just, we're just going to have to see how it goes in Big Ten play. And, I mean, like I said earlier, I don't see any why, reason why they shouldn't sweep this week. Um, but it's kind of hard to be <laughs> totally, as everybody says, the arrogance. Uh, it's totally, it's the not arrogance. exactly easy to have that at the moment. So, All right. Well, you can always uh, follow these guys on Twitter, E Vigo and Hammy Hockey. Um, uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully we're going to have uh, uh, Rick Pizzo on from the Big Ten Network. We'll just have to wait to see based on his schedule. But we'll be back next week, recap Ohio State, and uh, preview the Big Series of Michigan. Love that Big Series of Michigan, so it should be a good time. Thanks for listening. on kind of a clean slate here with the conference uh, schedule well, you know that's why i told some of the guys that have you know they're frustrated a little bit with their their offensive production and you know certainly we, we don't have the non-conference record we'd like to have had a, at this point with four more games to go um but you know i said everybody we're zero zero in the conference and all your point totals are zero and zero and uh it's an opportunity for a, for a fresh start um obviously disappointing to lose two games at home and in three in a row and you know we've been so good at home over the years and know be, be sitting with our home record that we have right now is is obviously disappointing so it starts by you know winning at home and that's something we've done a lot of in the last couple of years within the big 10 and uh, hopefully that'll continue this weekend is it how you lost last weekend i mean sort of being well, disciplined at times yeah i think that you know that was a lesson uh, you know there's lessons in every every game and that to me was the biggest lesson on saturday that uh, you know here you have a team that's got the top power plays in the country and you play undisciplined and give them that many opportunities and um, that that's the one part that uh, you have to give yourself a chance to win and when when we gave them that many opportunities and you give up four power play goals, I mean, you're not going to win that game. And uh, so we talked about it. I mean, even Nick's situation, and um, I think it was the right call, the five-minute major. I think the extra game was the right call. Um, and we showed the whole team on video uh, on Tuesday that uh, that's the hit they're trying to take out of the game. You know, we all know the issue with concussions and player safety, and, you know, that's a, that's a teaching point and lesson for everybody on our team. What is the biggest difference, I guess, between playing aggressively the way Nick does and maybe crossing that line? Well, I mean, like like any player, you have to. I mean, you just can't have contact to the head. And, you know, stepping up was one thing, but, he, you know, he brought his arms up and, you know, made contact. I didn't see it right away on the bench. I saw the hit on the guy go down. It wasn't until I, you know, watched it later that uh, when I looked at it, um, Nick came in and apologized, you know, after the game. He felt bad. Um, and I told him at that time, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to get an extra game for this. And lo and behold, and next day I had a text message from the Big Ten and Steve Piotrowski. And, and uh, so he said, call me. So <laughs> I knew what that was, what that call was about. But uh, you know what? Um, we just told Nick that, you know, that's a boundary he can't cross. You know, play strong, play aggressively. And we don't want to take that element of his game away because that's what makes him an effective player. Um, but you, you, you've got to be careful when you're stepping up in a guy. I mean, it was um, Cronwell likes to come up and you know make those hits along the along the boards. But you just you, you got to be shoulder on shoulder. You got to keep your hands down. And if he would have kept his hands down, he would have been fine.
you know, the PK had been so good going into last weekend, but it fell off just a little bit. What are the changes that you need to? Well, some of it was just positionally. Well, two things. I mean, St. Cloud was really good at the power play. Yeah. I mean, we saw that going in. That we, when we talked about we better not give them very many opportunities, and I think that's helped us with the penalty kill. Usually we're only giving up about three a night. Um, and, and just uh, there's some uh, positionally we could have been in, in better spots. Uh, all of a sudden, they, they've moved it. And that's what makes a, a power play really good, that quick puck movement. And uh, they moved the puck better than anybody we'd seen so far this year, and they caught us in a lot of seams. After having a few days to look it over, what do you think worked for your power play this weekend? Well, uh, it was nice to get three out of four from our standpoint, but again, you know, we need to spend more time in the offensive zone to give ourselves a chance to, to draw a few more penalties. Um, and it was nice that the, the other unit ended up with all three. So if we can get both units uh, effective, you know, uh, now all of a sudden you're not caught up and uh, you've got to start a certain unit every time. But, you know, Bish did a good job getting some pucks off uh, one timing. And, uh, and so much of it is just if you can get a puck through in screen situations, that, that's what you want to have. And then it was a nice backdoor play to, to Bristol. Monday night, you mentioned third period's been an issue for you this season. What do you need to change to, to be more effective? Well, it's it's for the most part, it's it's the offensive end of things. Is that uh, you just we have to start scoring some goals in the, in the third period, and uh, that's the difference of, of so many of our games. That you know they're going to be one goal games. They're going to be even, or maybe we're going to be down by a goal, but we have to have a push. I mean, for me, there's two things. We have to start out better. I mean, you look at our shot totals in the first period. We're only averaging about seven and a half, and you know we something we talked about that we want to try to get at least 10 every period and and you know the way goalies are today and, and you're not going to score many goals only getting 20 some shots a night and so we, we've got to get we've always been a pretty good volume shooting team um, and and we've got to get those those totals up whether it's our forwards doing a better job and our defensemen doing a better job you know getting pucks in the blue line and then from our forwards using our defensemen and you know playing as a group of five you have a pretty young team. Have you seen improvement? I, you know what I have. I mean, even you know, we, some of the things that we track with the stats, with the scoring chances for individual guys, or you know, during the course of a game. And you know, this past weekend we had a lot of guys that were a lot of pluses on the scoring chances. Uh, last weekend, even though we didn't win, I mean, we only gave up in the teens each night, five on five, and shots against. And so that that's an improvement. Um, and, and we just some of the guys, if we can get them going, like Leon's playing really well right now. Uh, we just we have to get some other guys that uh, you know, especially our junior class. I mean, there's there's five junior forwards, and, and they, they, a lot is placed on their shoulders right now. And you know, we need them to, to score. And some of them just need to get another goal just to start to feel good about yourself and the confidence factor that goes with it. You mentioned Leon. Is it just an added comfort level in his second year that's leading? Yeah, I think that's part of it. Um, you know. Uh, <laughs> He's a, a real cerebral player. Um, I know last year was not easy for him. Uh, we talked about it, how when he came back this fall, how much more comfortable he feels, whether it's through the language, your teammates, your school. Uh, I know being away from home like he was for the first time and his parents, I mean, all that was a, an adjustment for him. And I think it's you've seen the result. And um, we were talking to another coach this fall who had a a similar situation with a player from Europe that didn't play over here, and they said it was a, a big difference in his game from year one to year two. With this being the third year of the Big Ten, kind of having the schedule set, everything has your approach changed to uh, conference play? Um, as far as what? As far as preparing for it? No, I mean it's it's the same. I mean you know the way it's set up that we don't get into conference games, you know a few games in October, November. 
Um, so you want to you know play good teams in non-conference, which I think we've we've done and will continue to do. And um, you hope that's going to pay off when you, you get in the Big Ten schedule. Would you be more comfortable having? Are you more comfortable with the schedule though, having it in uh, all the non-conference games early? Doesn't matter. That's the way it is. <laughs> I can't wave the magic wand. You sort of bugged by all these losses to the Minnesota schools. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's disappointing. It's something we talked about that um, you know I, I think I'm most disappointed because I, I thought there was two winnable games. The, the, you know the Saturday against uh, Minnesota State um, that we uh, were had the lead, and same thing Friday against against St. Cloud State. And you know those are when you when you have that lead, you want to be able to hopefully close those games out in third periods, and we weren't able to do it. And, and hopefully we can you know learn from that and. Score goal in the third period to get, like I talked about, that separation goal. Get, you got to get to three. Other, other than Nick Friday, everyone's healthy. Yeah, other than Nick, everybody's healthy. We've we've uh, moved our lines around this week. Uh, every day of practice, we'll do so again tomorrow and then make a decision on you know what we want, who we want to play together. Reaction to Mike Riley calling? Uh, you know, happy for Mike. I tech. I heard it this morning. I tech gave a text this morning. So you know, hopefully he'll get an opportunity to play. But you know, it's always exciting, and you know, a lot of kids that you know, they come in, that's their dream. They want to get to that level, and you know certainly Mike who had a great career here, and, um, and has earned everything he's received uh, at this point of his career. And you know he's going to be playing hockey for a lot of years. But uh, if he gets an opportunity to play tomorrow, then uh, it'll be a special night for him. Certainly, in his family. you had a couple conversations with Chuck or even Mike about uh, Mike. Uh, no, no, you know what? Uh, through that process, that they've they've been around him enough and. Um, you know, there have been some talks with different teams over the course of summer when the process was going on early. And, um, you know, I, I actually talked to Mike more than anything else, kind of what he was thinking and as he was narrowing it down. And, and But ultimately, you know, that's the, that's the collective bargaining agreement. It gave him the opportunity to do that. And you know what? He used it to his advantage. What kind of challenges does Ohio State bring this Speed. Uh, I like their team speed. Um, I think that even when we played them last year, the same thing with Greco and Schilke, a couple of these guys. Weiss was a really good player for them last year. That uh, um, Their forward group up front um, can skate. I mean, the last couple of years, Ohio State was as good a skating team as we played. They're not obviously as balanced as St. Cloud. Does that change the way you approach them? <laughs> not really, because uh, we're trying to get our own team better. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we've got to clean up our penalty kill because we're not going to win many games giving up six power play goals, and that's the, probably the frustrating part that we'd only given up by what three on the year up until this past weekend. But uh, so we've got to get back and make sure we're disciplined, not give them any, and then do a good job killing. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Sour taste of last weekend out of out of your mouth? Um, yeah, a little bit. I think the guys were a little upset with um, just uh, how we performed and, and giving up six goals on, on Sunday night. It definitely isn't um, how we like to play. And um, No, I think it's this weekend's going to be good um, to get back to um, go for hockey. And um, with the conference play, it's kind of a clean slate, so it's going to be a fun weekend. What is go for hockey to you? Um, I think it's... Um, tradition of winning and it's um, um, tradition of excellence as well I think um, there's high expectations and I think that's something we need to live up to How's the experience been so far for you in college hockey? Uh, it's been pretty fun um, it's definitely lived up to everything that um, everybody's been telling me about it And um, coming from junior hockey I like junior hockey a lot but um, definitely being here with um, new guys it's, it's a ton of fun what do you think worked for your power play this weekend? Um, 
I think just communication and then moving the puck quickly. Um, also, we were, we were shooting the puck off the pass, and um, I think that was really effective. Communication was kind of an emphasis going into the season. Have you noticed a big change coming from junior to college hockey in that? Um, yeah, I think so. I think it's um, a little more stressed here. I think it's um, a little more important just because the pace is a little quicker. Um, you need to know where guys are and things like that. So communication is definitely a, a key role in being successful. Is it a tough adjustment with all the pressure? You know, third periods have been a big emphasis as well. Yeah, I think um, that's something we need to work on definitely. Um, but um, the adjustment hasn't been it hasn't been too tough. But um, again, it is a step, a step above junior hockey. So um, it's definitely been something that we've all need to work on. When we uh, we lose games, we we look back on it in video, and we we obviously work on the things that we feel like we need to work on. So uh, we're excited with our week of practice, especially heading into uh, conference play this weekend. What are those things you have to work on? Uh, you know, we got to work on our consistency, playing for 60 minutes, um, playing to our game plan. Uh, we didn't really play to our game plan last weekend. New St. Cloud had a good power play, and we we played on discipline and. We didn't get it done the penalty kill, so we need to uh, work on executing our game plan. What slight adjustments do you have to make on the PK? Um, you know, one of the big things we're focusing on is uh, seam passes. Obviously, St. Cloud is one of the, probably the best power play we'll see all year, and uh, when they get those seam passes, um, you know, it can get guys out of position. So we got to work on uh, getting our sticks in those lanes and uh, taking away those seam passes. I was impressed with our power play, though. It worked pretty good last week. Yeah, you know, the same thing. We get seam passes. We get, you know, one, two, up the bish, and shot. It's, a, it's the same thing. When you get the, the penalty kill and you get the goalie's eyes moving, uh, you're going you know, to open up shots and uh, open up holes in the net. Third period has kind of been a tough spot for you guys this season. What has to change for you guys to be more effective? Uh, you know, again, I think it's our mindset. You know, when we're, when we're up a goal going into the third period, we need to know... Uh, that pucks are going to get out of the out of our zone when they're near the blue line. We're going to be simple with the puck. We're going to get low, and we're going to uh, we're going to work them in their end. We can't turn the puck over and uh, give them opportunities to score by beating ourselves. How are you approaching a conference play in comparison to the opening stretch as a long conference? Uh, you know, we like to approach every game the same. You know, we we like to focus on uh, how we need to play to win. Every opponent's different. Um, we're excited uh, to have a clean slate. We, we learned a lot in the non-conference play. Uh, it's exciting to get into get into conference play. Ohio State's a good team, and uh, that'll be a good start for us. Does it have a little different feel going into conference play for you guys? Uh, it definitely does, especially for the, the returning guys. We remember uh, last season and uh, you know the torch that was passed from the uh, the senior class. They had four conference championships in their four years here. Um, two the past two years in the Big Ten, so we know heading into the Big Ten season, uh, expectations are high for, for ourselves. What kind of challenges does Ohio State bring to you guys this weekend? Uh, you know, they have some good players. Um, you know, we saw them last year. We had some trouble with them. Uh, you know, I think we don't, we, well, one thing we don't want to do is, is underestimate a team like that. Um, you know, every team in the Big Ten, when they come to play, you know, any team can beat any team in the Big Ten, and uh, we need to remember that heading into the weekend. You be about uh, your D partner on Friday. What does that uh, mean for the team? Uh, you know, obviously we'll we'll miss Nick. Uh, he's a he's a presence out in the ice. Uh, he plays a lot of minutes and plays a lot of different situations for us. So, uh, you know, it's a it's an opportunity for for guys to step up into that role and uh, 
you know, carry the load, share the load as a team. So uh, we'll miss him, but we're excited to have him back on Saturday. Was the flying elbow sort of uncharacteristic of who he is? Um, yeah, you know, the flying elbow, uh, Nick, Nick's an aggressive player. And, uh, you know, he's going he's gonna to take runs at guys. And, you know, a lot of times he's going to land that hit, and it's going to be a clean hit, and uh, it's going to get the momentum of our team going. So, um, you know, we like Nick to play physical, and it, it brings a lot to our team. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan.